So we're doing, we're for sure doing top five movies with eight in the title, guys. Top five Super Eight Motel stays. Number one, <laughs> 1996, <laughs> May May 27th. It was over Memorial Day weekend, and I had a great time. Number four. <laughs> Hey guys, I uh, want to watch some of my dad's old home movies. They're pretty cool. They're on this like cool recording thing. It's I think they're called eight millimeters. Uh, do you, you want to watch one? Hey man, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Okay, I'm gonna set this one up, and here we go. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh, she's just standing there. There's a girl wearing a bunch of leather. That seems pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There, there's All a right. man with a mask. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Um. This. It seems a bit problematic. Okay. Uh, oh, that's my dad. There's my dad. Oh, oh wow. there's what is what are you doing? Dad, what are you doing? Dad, what are you doing? That's not how you ride a horse. This is Real Rotten, the podcast, where we watch movies underneath twenty five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That's a little bit of a spliced film right there. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah, that's that's Nick Lyons. I'm Steve Ramirez. And if you didn't realize it, we are talking about snuff films, in particular, the most famous snuff film of all. That's not really a snuff film. Eight millimeters. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what it yeah. That makes sense, right? Yeah, but we're not exclusively talking about snuff films. We got a lot to talk about. We are going back into the cage. Back into the cage match. Cage year. Year of cage. I stay cagey. We're all still in quarantine, still in our own personal cages of hell and uh, mental, mental, uh, you know, getting through it. I talking Nicholas Cage. We're we're this is the very beginning of our actual Nicholas Cage year. We did season of the witch. Yeah, a, a, a not good, not memorable Nicholas Cage movie. It was still interesting. Though. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, and, and then we did a, a thousand words, which is produced by him. Shows so, that shows that he is a producer, and it's a technically a Nicholas Cage film. Yes, and but now now we're getting into the real Nick Cage. This is a uh, this is the beginning of the end for Nicholas Cage's uh, prestige career. He has a couple glimmers here and there after this, but uh, this is the very beginning of this is post Oscar. Yeah, this is when if you have a movie that you want to do and you need an A lister. You write the check, Nick Cage is there. Our guy Kim starts to go, uh, starts to go down Apex Mountain. Yes, in a, in a, in a really bad way, and we're going to get into that. Um, not just with this film, but uh, just just in just in general, uh, yep. uh, as as it is with all things, the year of the cage. And what better way to include a fellow a fellow uh, a fellow film uh, appreciator, a cage appreciator, definite cage appreciator. Another KG individual that I that I appreciate, and I know you do, it is uh, the one and only Zach. Hey, hey Zach. Returning champion. Yeah. Big big time champ. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, so happy to be here. So happy to be talking about anything Nicolas Cage. Um, wish it was any other movie ever that I had to watch again. Um, this is a tough one. <laughs> well, cue the, uh, cue the ACDC, because Zach is back. Oh, I didn't pull that. Sorry. It's okay. I should have. I. We need a new producer. Speaking of producer, uh, Kyle's here. Oh, hey everyone. What the fuck is up, Kyle? Hi, Kyle. Thanks for that. Uh, hey, that's that's your intro. We, we haven't heard uh, haven't heard your your sultry tones in a while. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah I haven't heard from Mister yeah. Mumbles in a while. So let's check in with him. How's it going? <laughs> 
the yeah, fact and it, you know it, it was it was a good good long needed break from all of you uh likewise uh kyle uh, uh uh did you happen to watch this film i had no time and no ways of watching this movie wow wow so my dreams have to quote acdc again have been shot down in flames yes yeah yeah so all right so let's move on then we're done here uh, there is no K-Jack fact check. He is he is lurking in the background. Uh, we hope to never hear from him. Um, if the time calls for it, and if the topic needs to be heard from him, which likely will never happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Hopefully we don't hear anything except that creepy little laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie news. Uh, uh, so speaking of Cage, he got Cage this, uh, this weekend. Who would have thought? Nicholas Cage got married. Yeah. Dead man walking, bringing wow. out the dead. To, Num- to quote another Nicolas Cage movie, uh, Numero Cinco. To be uh, to be factual, there, uh, Nick. Why don't you why don't you kick it off with Nick to the facts? Uh, here to report that Nicolas Cage and Rico Shibata uh, got married in Vegas. Um, they tied the knot on February sixteenth. He likes getting married in Vegas. Yes, he loves getting married in Vegas. See honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, uh, he was previously married in Vegas. I think last year for two days before it got annulled. Mm. Um, they met in Chinga, Japan, uh, more than a year ago. And Chinga, uh, you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the report is, we are very happy. Is what they say. So, congrats to them. Round of applause. Yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah, big time. Yay. We're cutting all that out. Um, Golden yeah. Globes happened. It was the other, uh, another news. Oh, great. That's awesome. The biggest night in television and film. We don't we, talk about the it was part. It was all time uh, for bad movies getting nominated, bad actors getting nominated. We had a lot we were cheering for. Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, we are not a music podcast, even though music is 8%. Uh, we will not be a music podcast. No, that's I, problematic. I, I hope we never watch that movie. Yeah, me too. Let's never watch it. Let's never Let's watch it. Let's make it. Let's blood packed right now it's in the audio files you can't get rid of it now it's in the ether but we still hold out hope for a less than 25 oscars winner the last time it happened was the very first episode of this podcast uh, suicide squad mm. i'm not 100 percent sure on that but it really feels true hey they might uh they might get we might get some godzilla kong next year that that might be that might rank uh under two oh under, yeah two fiver it might be under or two Tom and Jerry and get some sound mixing oh, yeah. awards. Big congratulations to you guys on the Tom and Jerry news. Thank uh, you. I was rooting for you, and I'm thrilled you guys did it. In case people don't follow us on Twitter, which is a which is a crime against humanity. Yeah. Uh, Nick, please elaborate on their Tom all the and Jerry millions adventure. of people except for the 43 that follow us. You're on notice. Tom and Jerry is under 25. Everybody, yes, we get to do Tom T and J. There is a lot to unpack in that movie, and what we can't wait to do it. We can't wait to do it. The Space Jam movie is coming out soon. We're really hoping that goes in there, too. We can just do a cartoon. Please month. be below 25. That'd be great. For that movie. That'd be great. We make no promises, Please. though. Because who knows? Maybe the multiverse works for Space Jam. I don't know. Now it's time to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk 8 millimeter. Here's a little taste. Get a little taste. These are my husband's private things. Do you want to tell me what you found, Mrs. Christian? All I want is to know that this atrocity is false. These people we're dealing with, they're extremely disturbed. There's things that you're going to see that, that you can't unsee. They get in your head and they stay there. Nicholas Cage. No! Eight millimeter. They're going to be okay. 
Rated R opens everywhere Friday. I really like the the, the no. Uh, I know. I just every trailer on that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> as soon as they introduce them, no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every movie, this movie got nominated for a Golden Trailer Award. Oh, really? Yes. And by this movie, I mean this movie trailer got nominated. So uh, shouts to probably not that trailer, but the longer one. Yeah, the, the one that you can actually find. Selling a find. lot of people on it. Yeah, the one that I had to search uh, about two hours to find the TV trailer. So yeah, there you go. Um, Real Rotten. Uh, what's the critical rating here? 22%. Uh, pretty, pretty... Uh, on the mark. Uh, we say. like to call that prestige rotten. Upper echelon. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the upper echelon of, of real rotten films um, because strictly based on the fact of an audience score, 52%, which is mind-blowing to me for this movie. I think it, it, it falls a little bit a little bit more towards the one out of three rather than the one out of two people would recommend seeing this film. Yeah, if one out of two of these people... If it was my dad and my mom, then it'd be one out of two. Then you know who's the dominant one in the bedroom uh, if it's between your mom and your dad. Well, we don't need to talk about I'm that. I'm just letting you know. I'm just going to leave that hanging in the air. Well, you can leave it out of the podcast, Kyle. What if my mom finally decides to listen to this podcast and this is the episode she chooses? Guess what? Guess what? You're yeah, going to have some real discussions about power dynamics. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't let Deb know this. Yeah. The Rotten Tomatoes blurb. The Rotten Tomatoes blurb is. Its sadistic violence is unappealing and is lacking in suspense and mystery. Hmm. No? Or yes? I don't know if I particularly agree with that blurb. You know, the the issue is, is that we're younger. Yeah. Maybe this was shocking. Now, with because of the internet... It ruined everybody. It the, really did. The internet ruined everybody. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix brings that up in the in the film. Yeah. Like, I yeah. accidentally saw people die all the time on the internet. Yeah. When yeah. we were in, uh, remember E-Bombs World? E-Bombs World, you'd be like, hey, I'm having a great time. You're watching funny videos with my friends. Oh, that man just died. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, you got you got your big boys, bigboys.com, where you watched uh, people get knocked out in backyards. That was that was pretty nice. Oh, yeah. Kimbo. Yeah. Yeah. The rise of Kimbo, <laughs> a.k.a. you're witnessing close to murder. Watching those fights. Uh, Nick, what's your blurb? Want to know what happens when an A-list director and A-list movie star attach themselves to a direct-to-cable screenplay? This. Uh, that was Jeff Miller, Houston Chronicle. Uh, so he said it's direct-to-cable, yet other critics are saying this is like the most sexually violent film they've ever seen in their life. So I want to know what cable channels uh, Jeff Miller watches uh, from the Houston Chron. Probably the same ones that uh, Zach texted me earlier today saying uh, direct to HBO type type feel. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Zach. That, that's, it did. That's it was fun. like a shitty episode of Oz. <laughs> Ooh, like a post-Oz. Like, this could have like... been the backstory. Yeah, like like uh, Chris Bauer's character, The Machine. Like, he's absolutely in the Oz extended cinematic universe. Like, he's like if he doesn't die at the end of this movie, he's in Oz next right. season. Yeah. Right, and Chris Bauer is in Oz. Wow, there you go. <laughs> He's in The Wire for sure. There you go. He's in a lot of HBO yeah. shows. The Wire. Um, my uh, my blurb was uh, from Lisa Schwartzbaum of Entertainment Weekly. She said, "Yeah, Lisa, pointless, violent, torture or be tortured flick." That's I like the torture dash or dash be dash tortured. Yeah, that's uh, actually phrase. what to be or not to be was. They just cut off the rooter torture part. <laughs> the rooter part? <laughs> yeah, it was to be to be or not to be is torture or not to torture. <laughs> to torture thine oneself <laughs> or not. Uh Zach, what's your blurb? 
Uh, my blurb is from Eric Childress at efilmcritic.com. Former uh, he head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. He, he says, uh, a return to form for director Joel Schumacher, um, which I love as like an act. If he gave it a good rating, but that's a dig at Joel Schumacher because his form is like in the 30% range yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like that, that is his form. It's a backhanded compliment. It is. It's great. And I loved it. Um, um, it's a great, it's a great dig. Um, he's coming right off of Batman and Robin and into this. Mm. Uh, and I don't know what's worse. Yeah. Well, I guess there's some reasoning behind uh, Schumacher being the being the director of this film and haphazardly being a director of this film. But we're gonna get into that, uh, into that a little bit. Well, speaking of somebody that gave it a good review, our guy Raj uh, on uh, Ebert with Ebert, he wrote. It's a real film, not a slick exploitation exercise with all the trappings of depravity, but none of the consequences. Not a film where moral issues are forgotten in the excitement of an action com- climax. The writer is Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Seven and once again creates a character who looks at his evil and asks, indeed screams, why? The answer comes almost at the end of the film from its most vicious character. The things I do, I do them because I like them. Because I want to. There's no comfort there. Raj gave it three out of four stars. <laughs> Our guy, Shut Roger. Unbelievable. I don't understand that. I don't get how Roger Ebert... What, Roger Ebert? He has those weird tangential movies that are way out of his way out of his wheelhouse that he just loves. I and think we... Can we say Roger Ebert, maybe Secret Horny Man? Maybe... uh maybe, me, it look like a leprechaun to me. Maybe, couldn't maybe, couldn't maybe, agree more. Maybe horny guy? Probably. Maybe a horny guy. Are you saying, Nick, that we should take a look in Roger Ebert's vault <laughs> and see what's inside? Moving on. Um, Who do you want to hand this off to, yourself or Kyle? We'll let Kyle do the facts. We're going to the fact corner, everybody. Heading to Kyle's corner. Yep. Kyle, yep. tell us the facts. All right, here we go. Release February 26, 1999. Uh, this is another Joel Schumacher film, uh, much like My last guy. year. Much like last year, that was uh, released uh, around Valentine's Day. This is our third uh, Joel Schumacher movie. Yes, I believe. Yes, it is. Uh, Kyle's favorite. Di- Kyle's favorite director. Loves yep. his Joel. Uh, second favorite director behind behind the great, the ever wonderful Christopher Nolan. Mm. Doesn't make a bad movie. Uh, he who he who, who who shall not be named. This is two I days yeah, before. They're, complete, they're on complete opposites opposites of the spectrum here. Yeah, that's true. Well, they, both make, they both Chris. make specta- spectacles, uh, but both spectacles are uh, different types of ones. One explodes, and the other, um, you know, captures. Yeah, number 23, released February 23rd, 2007. He's, Unbelievable. He's a February dump guy, kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, this is two days before my dad's birthday uh, that year. All-time great birthday for my dad that year. Why is that? Sports Man, fan? he probably saw it for his birthday. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we went and saw uh, eight millimeter together. Eight millimeter together, <laughs> yeah. as his father had said. <laughs> I was ten years old. He he was turning fifty something. It was a great time. And he pulled you to the side and said, "Look, he did whatever he could for his family. <laughs> That's the lesson you're learning." If anybody ever asked to look into my vault, remember to tell them, "Fuck off." And that's when I learned what "fuck off" meant. <laughs> Fuck off, Larry. That's a that's a direct quote from the film. Uh, keep going, Kyle. Uh, speaking of fucked off, uh, rated R. Mm, I was really gunning, really gunning for a PG rating. Almost rated NC seventeen. Uh, it took three to four edits. They said for it to make the R rating. I wonder why. Was it too much too much nudity because there wasn't like no. It was it was the 
torture porn stuff. Sexual, sexual torture. Uh, Zach, what, what do you prefer, NC-17 or Rated R? You know, this came out in 99. I wouldn't have made the NC-17 cut. I wouldn't have been allowed in. So I'm glad it was Rated R. I don't remember seeing this movie. I know I've seen it, but I could not tell you when or where I originally watched it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, this is, it's almost, you know it's bad when it's um, a movie that you don't even watch with your friends at, at like the, you have one, everybody has one friend that was allowed to watch all the rated R movies and you would all gather at their house to watch right. the, the dirty ones. Because the they got ones. the blockbuster. Film. Yeah, they yeah. got the blockbuster. Their parents will run whatever they want. They'll be like, hey, mom, this new Nick Cage movie just came out. Can we watch it? And she'll be like, okay, doesn't even read about it or anything. This never really made that circuit for me. No, not at all. Not at all. This this movie definitely went uh, under under the rug to me because I confused this movie this movie's titles as a kid. I confused Eight Millimeter with Snake Eyes all the time. Yeah, I thought they were interchangeable movies, and I thought that Snake Eyes was the bad one and Eight Millimeter was right. the good one. Right, right. All this time, my my mind was blown because because to be honest, uh, uh, Snake Eyes sucks. Snake Eyes is a terrible movie. It's a terrible version of Rashomon. Uh, so, so to say that that's like higher rated than this movie, it makes you think that maybe we need to watch Snake Eyes. Makes you think. Makes you think. Kyle? Uh, number one reason why I didn't watch this movie. Two hours and three minute runtime. Yeah, you would have watched it if it's three minutes. You would have been able to do uh, that. I would have yeah, watched it. It's <laughs> hour too long <laughs> just about i would say a good 33 minutes of this film could be cut out like this is a 90 minute uh quick quick thriller uh but they added way too much unnecessary human element it was un- it was unneeded and unnecessary yeah right when nicholas cage signed on is the moment they should have been like okay we're not going deep let's just get this thing knocked out yeah yeah make cage make cage just be his uh his leaving las vegas self and just be a weird drunk uh private detective that'd well, be nice speaking of long movie yeah leaving las vegas never seen it oh you haven't no i haven't seen his finest performance well oh wait i have it's called national treasure 2 book of secrets <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it is yeah when are we gonna it's amazing how bad those movies are can we do those they're in the 30s maybe uh, for like I a fourth of july you can't do the first one i second think the first one. one is too good yeah. maybe when john voight dies we can do the second one well just it's our podcast. Technically, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. No, we have to fit the criteria. What are the taglines of this movie, Kyle? Uh, I was going to look at National Treasure really quick. One second. Okay. Uh, taglines. If you dance with the devil, the devil don't change. The devil changes you. Which is a direct pull from the movie. Yep. That's a good. Uh, that's a quote. That's a quote from Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix in the film. Yeah. Oh god. And it doesn't okay. make much sense in the movie. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Not at all. That's a specific quote that the writer of the movie, um, the original writer of the movie, disassociated from. He said, uh, "Not, not, not my type of quote." That's a Joel Schumacher quote. Is that what you're saying? It's or Nick Joel's, Kazan? Yeah, Nick Kazan and Joel Schumacher quote. What's the next one, Kyle? And then. Uh... You are never prepared for the truth. You really aren't. I really like that one. Okay, I'm going to tell Does you. Does it fit? Yeah, you're never prepared sort of. for the truth? <laughs> That's so dumb. It's it's <laughs> vague as hell. But, it works better than <laughs> the devil don't change, but I'm gonna the devil give, changes you. Yeah, I'm going to give you three truth quotes. Okay, first one. Uh, you are never prepared for the truth. <laughs> or. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Or. or 
You uh, can't handle the truth. I came for the beer and the bitches. <laughs> oh, that's not. That's pretty honest. That's a pretty truthful statement. Um. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. What was your point? I didn't have a point. Okay. <laughs> so tag you're it. <laughs> my my tagline is uh, the film that changed everything. Hmm. In what exactly? No, because the eight millimeter is a film, you know, and it changes everything for him. And it tricks people into thinking that this movie is going to change everything. You should so they, do like so the, they film, come in. the film that changed, period, everything, period. Okay, yeah. Add a, <laughs> I'll call the copy guy right now. Add another period to the poster. And he's like, boss, that cost, that's going to cost us some extra bucks. And I'm like, I'm your boss. We already read to print, boss. <laughs> Reprint it. Yeah, I, I may have walked into the movie theater if I saw that tagline. I, I would be like, prove it. <laughs> I'd walk in. No way. You liar. I would love if somebody ever watched any movie based on the tagline. Okay. It's like it asks you a question. You're like, I don't know. Yeah. Walk right in. I would watch. The only tagline that would for sure get me every time is if it was a picture of Keanu Reeves and it just had the word no with a lot of exclamations underneath it. I would be like, I have to see what this is about. Or or just a picture of a cat and it says Keanu. Oh, because I'll watch that movie. Or just a picture of, of a cat, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, a picture of a cat. I'm in. What What about you, Tiger? It. Uh, let it reel you in. Say eight millimeter reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, what? Zach, what's real, rotten reels? reels. Oh yeah, thanks, yeah. Kyle. I'm not trying to associate ourselves <laughs> with a torture porn film, but you go right ahead. <laughs> Zach, Tiger, it. What's your tagline? I I got um, beware the director's cut. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Zack Snyder was cut is a three-hour movie. Yeah, Zack Snyder was yeah. like, that's <laughs> yeah, a ball. So the play on words of the machine and cutting people to ribbons, as Nick Cage said. Yeah, he does murders, and it, it works both ways. I do want uh, to mention a National Treasure Book of Secrets, thirty-six percent. Come on, it's Hall of Fame Before worthy. We it's Hall of Fame. Yeah. We've done thirty-five percenters. Uh, uh, shout out to heavyweights, twenty-nine. But yeah, there's another one that was a 30. Maybe uh, I'll do the plot keywords, Kyle, because I can I can feel you. Actually, no, I need you to do them, and I'll do the I'll do the music behind it. I feel you pulling away from me. Oh, here's some good music for it. Oh yeah, play sexy, play, <laughs> play sexy song, play sexy song, Stephen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh God, uh... plot. Keywords. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me, let me get some sensual music. <laughs> uh, while we're waiting piece. for the, the sexy song to come up, speaking of sexy song, uh, the original title of this film was Sexy World. Sexy World. Sexy World. That's, <laughs> that's a good trivia. Sexy World is where me and my girlfriend go on the weekends, if you know what I mean. Okay, here we go. The sex playlist. Tonation music mix number two. Yep. Lot keywords. Sexual sadism. Oh, yeah. Male full frontal nudity. Snuff film. Oh, yeah. Female full frontal nudity. Male frontal nudity. And that's it. Okay, good good job, Kyle. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was weird. You pulled through at the end. You know, for all those keywords, uh, it doesn't feel like you're watching any naked people in this movie ever. I didn't. Is it see... because it's all through another screen? Is that the trick that they pull? Kind of. 
There are a lot of naked people in this movie. I mean, I saw male frontal nudity, but I don't think I saw. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I there's see male full. There's some nudity. boobs. There's some boobs places. I saw Wiener. There was the there was the 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 scene that Eddie showed up to late at night with yeah. the, with the with the black gentleman and the lady. Yeah, he was full wienered out. <laughs> I mean, three three of the keywords could just be naked people. Then <laughs> it's so stupid. No, there's a difference there's like... between full frontal and and frontal. Okay, no, just put. Frontal is like chest fully up. Fully naked people. I don't know. Like, why does it have to be? I saw so a lot specific, of chest up specific. male because the machine was shirtless virtually. Um, budget. Unfortunate. Um, no, fortunately, but unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is sad that it even grossed as much as it did. But uh, the budget, forty million dollars, and it grossed ninety six million. Hey, it so made it money back. It yeah, yeah. emphasis on gross. Wow. Yeah, big gross. <laughs> gross. Yeah, that's a that's a hundred forty four, uh, almost one hundred forty four. It's not a it's not a box office bomb. This was a popular movie. Yeah, like the the I, I think it was riding high and then on the Nick Cage like 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 peak the 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 whole I'm an Oscar winner. I'm at the I did Face Off. I I'm going to do I did Snake Eyes and then here's here's fucking eight millimeter. Like here's my here's my thrilling side. Yeah, this is prime Nick Cage time. It, it, he did. He won it. He won his Oscar. Ninety five, right? Yep. And wins the Oscar, and then he does The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then he does City in of a row. Then he does yeah in a row. And then he does City of Angels, Snake Eyes, Eight Millimeter, and that's when the wheels start to fall off. Yeah, City of Angels was a bad choice. Uh, Snake Eyes, bad choice, and Eight Millimeter, obviously. Bad and choice. he did Bringing Out the Dead, same year as nineteen ninety nine. The Martin Scorsese film. Have you seen that movie? I have, not successful. I read the book too. The book is book is weird. Uh, the movie I would think is twice as weird because it's like a two hour film. And, yeah, and the it, book is like 150 pages. Oh. Yeah. Is it all based off that one part of Monty Python where they go, bring out your dad? Only, only wish. Only <laughs> wish. I mean, he's he plays a paramedic who has insomnia. That's basically what it is. Trivia. My, uh, my trivia moment was uh, the fact that this wasn't an original... Um, Schumacher led film. This was mostly writing on the backs of the of the writer, uh, who we're going to talk to uh, uh, in a little bit. He was the writer of Seven, so super successful from that film. So they originally wanted Fincher to to direct Eight uh, Millimeter, but he w- had previous obligations. So they passed it around to two legendary Hollywood directors. Um, uh, I believe it's Frankenheimer or Verhoeven, one or the others. But uh, William Friedkin, William Friedkin, uh, I think would have fit this movie perfectly. Because he was uh, the the director of a famous S and M murder mystery film called Cruising. So there's that. Friedkin would have done it uh, so differently that we never would have heard of it, but it would have been something a lot of people revisited later on. And I were think like, so. A lot of film nerds would be like, "You got to watch this real creepy one that William Friedkin did." A la Cruising. Like people don't remember Cruising, but you go back to it and you, and you think, "Like, wow, this is pretty innovative filmmaking." Yeah, they're like, "Tom, what about him?" Zach, do you have a favorite trivia? <laughs> uh, you stole my favorite trivia. It's that the original title was Sexy World, which <laughs> is out- outrageous because nothing about this movie is sexy. Like, at all. Uh, that's unfortunate. I think I, you're I, right. You're right in that the distillation of this movie, that's what it is. There's a lot of nudity, but there's no, it's not, none of it is sexy. Yeah. It's sexy to, to a, a very, very small percentage of the population, but they're not watching this movie because they got better things to watch on the internet. And in their basement, concrete. <laughs> uh, if this movie came out in 1999, which Box Office Mojo doesn't think that it did, but 
if it did, it would have been the 18th highest grossing movie of the year. That's crazy. Now that's crazy. Yeah. There's, what 17 mo- what <laughs> what two movies didn't crack <laughs> above eight millimeter? I want to know. Uh, the American Pie was 102 at number 17. Wow. Guess what number 18 was? Yeah. Inspector Gadget. Wow. That's a with, future contender. With uh, wow. Maddie, Matt Broderick. Matt Broderick and Rupert Rupert Everett. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Shakespeare in Love. That's number 19. Was number 19. Wow. Oscar winner. Yeah, it was Shakespeare an indie film. Yeah, and uh, Sleepy Hollow, number twenty. That's unfortunate. Also written by. Uh, also written by our writer. Yeah, yeah. with uh, cinematographer Emmanuel Luzbieski. So there's uh, some fun, uh, some fun trivs for Interesting. you. Interesting. Uh, let's. We've been dancing. Uh, we've been beating around this bush for a while. Uh, no pun intended. Kyle, uh, who's to blame for this film? My boy, Joel. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. passed away last year immediately after uh, the number 23. I really don't think that this happened, but I think he might have died from a broken heart after uh, listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. He probably broke his heart. Uh, so uh, he was 80 pa- years old as well. Well, yeah. And yeah, and he had and sex. there was a pandemic. Sex so, with every, know, uh, every <laughs> male in Hollywood. And, he's had, and he said he's had sex with 80,000 plus people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Which, God. if you do the math, there's some drugs involved there. Uh, <laughs> writers, we have Andrew Kevin Walker. Andrew Kevin Walker, AKW, um, yeah, yeah, AKW, most famous for writing the uh, screenplay to Seven. Uh, also wrote the the adaptation of Sleepy Hollow, starring John John Depp, and uh, the remake of The Wolfman, star- starring uh, Benicio del Toro and Tony Hopps. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought about seeing one time. I saw it. It was okay. Okay. It's it's probably too violent for you. I watched a lot of Sleepy Hollow. Hugo Weaving's was... good in it. I just watched Sleepy Hollow for the first time probably oh, dang. Two, two, three months ago. Spooktober. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm mad that he didn't keep make, writing movies after this because what was his nine movie going to be? He wrote seven. He wrote eight millimeter. Nine. Uh... Nine lives. It would have been that Kevin Spacey cat movie. <laughs> 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 But it was he he disavowed the script. He never saw this movie. Oh, where he said that they took out the they took out the child porn stuff, which oh. he thought was necessary to the plot. Sure. And everybody else was like, please, do we need it? Do we really need this? And he was like, Yes, we need it. And they were that's like, weird. We really don't need this. And that's when uh, they brought in Nicholas Kazan and uh Schumacher uh, rewrote it. Schumacher whispering in his ear. Zoe Kazan's father and Elia's son. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, uh, nepotism at its finest. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge Joss Whedon move right there. Sounds like what happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Ooh. way to bring it back to Batman again, Kyle. <laughs> uh, notable crew. Uh, notable, notable crew. Robert Ellswit. Was the uh, cinematographer. Mm. Oscar winner Robert Ellswit. Frequent collaborator with uh, PTA. Yeah. And, and uh, apparently George Clooney. I didn't really know that, but we do nice. now. Now we do. George Clooney, Hitler, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Uh, Zach, you, you, Zach, you have to name your child. <laughs> you have to name your child uh, after Joel Schumacher, Andrew Kevin Walker, or Robert Ellswit. Uh, which guy do you do? What do you name? Last your kid name after? only. So your well, the last name of those <laughs> those people have to be the first name of your the child. Last name is the first name. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you name him Schumacher, he's getting beat up in school <laughs> over Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I love the Lost Boys. I'm a big Lost Boys guy, but mm. that's not saving anybody. Yeah, uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Walker because Ellswood is also a nerdy name. He's <laughs> oh, gonna get beat awesome. up in school. So you're yeah. a white woman. Walker's the only chick he's got. 
So you're a white uh, ex-sorority <laughs> woman. Got it. Walker's good. Walker's a good name. Now I'm just going to think good of... Good, strong name. Good, strong name. I just think of Chuck name. Norris every time. Yeah, Walker. exactly. People yeah, would... every time. Just high-kicking yeah. people in jeans. And then that way your kid can be like, oh, no, after the writer of Seven, Andrew Kevin Walker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then, then that's when you time. bring up why they should have put in the child porn in eight millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Actors in this movie, I'll I'll just rattle them off, and then we can talk about each of them. Uh, Nicholas Cage, of course, starring role. Uh, we talked about when this was in his career. Shocking, he he got this movie made at the budget it got made. Yeah. So this, so is he the reason this is a bad movie? I think he might be. No, I think it's the. I think it's the, the. Also, Joel Schumacher said he was literally the only director that would they that said agreed to do this movie. That's great. <laughs> they said literally everybody else. Yeah, nobody yeah, they, said they were desperate. I guess at at that point. Uh, Captain Keener is for some reason in this movie. Uh, we'll talk a lot more about her later. Cage's wife. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays uh, the the porn store Mac, clerk. Max California. Max California. Fantastic. All time good name. Great name. Great All time great throwaway name. character. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, really fucking great in this movie. This is uh, right before Gladiator comes out. This is right before Phoenix becomes a superstar. Yeah. He is. A, he's. A, he was a child actor before, mm-hmm. brother of River, basically. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he does this. He does uh, Gladiator, and then right after that, wins his Oscar. I think. Wins it in two thousand five. Oh, yeah. two thousand five. Yeah, 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 for Walk, Walk the, the line. line. Yeah. After he did Ladder Forty Nine, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. That nine uh, eleven movie that got pushed back. He did years. Signs, Signs two thousand two. Yep. After this, yeah, yeah, solid film. Nick, uh, Nick, what other best actor role did he win? Uh, was it? It was for that that movie. Um, he was I, the voice. The voice. He was the voice in the movie. Brother, Brother Bear. No, no, <laughs> no. Was it, it was, Brother Bear? <laughs> no, did he win uh, for Brother Bear? It's We Own the Night with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Robert Duvall. That Wrong. <laughs> oh, it's the yards with Mark Wahlberg. My mistake. My the mistake. yards, yeah, 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 the yards. The ads. Well, Kyle, you're gonna get what you fucking deserve when this is all over. Kyle, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. James Gandolfini in this movie doing whatever the hell he wants, and, we, and we're about it. Being very James Gandolfini pre uh, Tony Soprano. Yeah, uh, true. Ro- this is the same year that it came out, I think. No. Yeah, this this came out after eight episodes of The Sopranos. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I thought Sopranos for some reason was uh, September 99. Okay, yeah, all right. Incredible. Yeah, that's right. It was a Everything January changed release. for him, like, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love nuts. that for him. Nuts. So, yeah, this is a movie that, that goes under his career rug because it's it's obviously overshadowed by by the rise of the sopranos yeah before that he was always like big lackey guy uh but he he always big he, muscle guy james gandolfini is maybe the best lackey of all time he is he is he fit true, he, true he fit romance right in. he he stands out no matter what he does whether or not he's overacting is right. is right but true romance get shorty and then uh crimson this tide. i think in crimson tide and i think you even count this are all all movies where he was like or the mexican Mexican, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was post Sopranos, but yeah, that yep, worked. Yep. That worked. Everybody loved him in that, and he played muscle basically. Yeah, and uh, this inspired me to think of James Gandalf, and I was gonna Photoshop Gandolfini as Gandalf, and it'd be Gandolfini. You don't have to Photoshop that. I'm sure there's plenty. The of internet, uh, yeah, the internet already thought of that one for somehow. I don't know how. I don't know, man. It's yeah. they, but somebody knew? has like, thought of it. Lord every of the year. Rings coming out <laughs> the same time as the Sopranos. Who would have knew? Yeah. <laughs> 
then we got Spe- Peter Stormare, your boy, my boy, uh, our return, uh, our return, uh, that guy, that bad guy that you know and love, uh, most famous from the from the podcast from BB Two, Bad Boys Two. Yeah, Peter Stormare. I always think of him as um... Zach. Do you have any any uh, history with Peter Stormare? Uh, you know he's in everything. He and he never disappoints. Never. He's always good. Fargo, I mean, obviously, is like the yeah. you know, classic Peter Stormare and Armageddon. I just watched I Armageddon. I think that's, that's what, yeah, that was my first memory of him is him in Armageddon when he's the Russian guy trapped in the space station. My first memory of him is Slippery Pete from Seinfeld, uh, who helps George get the get the Frogger machine. Slippery, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> slippery name, Pete. He's Slippery Pete. <laughs> A working actor, as we as we would say. Love him. Love Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare, big shout out to you. I'm buying Nick a cameo one year. If, uh, if he's in, yeah, he's in American Gods uh, currently. So uh, watch that. We're he's also in a new movie that's in post production called Tin Tis Dagsklubin. So good Ooh, for him there. Good German film. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, then we had Chris Bauer as the machine. Chris Bauer, you d- you don't think his name is Chris Bauer, but if when you look at him, you recognize him from True Blood. You recognize him from The Deuce. You recognize him from The Wire, season two specifically. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's a that guy. He's that bald guy. Who at HBO did he save life? He's got a lifetime contract. Yeah. With, with HBO. God, what a good fucking deal. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. I wish I had a lifetime deal, but I wish it was with CBS so I would get paid absurd asound- right. amounts of money to be terrible at whatever I do. Although he is in the new Apple uh, TV show, uh, Apple Plus TV show, um, uh, uh, The Moon Show. What do you How call? I Met Your Mother? No, the, the <laughs> one that go where they go to the moon. <sighs> the moon base, the base one. No, that's Showtime. Kyle, you know what I'm talking about. What's the space show on Apple TV Plus? We went to the moon in nineteen sixty. Oh yeah, yeah. Five. Uh, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Zach. You want to help me out too, buddy? <laughs> for for all mankind. For all mankind. Yes, thank you. Zach. Thank you. <laughs> and only because I'm like on IMDb psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's on. He's on that show. I know that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, oh, big mankind fan over there. Yeah, big mankind fan. I tried nice to day. watch. The first season of that show and couldn't get into it. Too slow for you. Which reminds me, I need to watch that um, that Mac show. Bit. I need to watch the Rob McElhenney show. That's on Apple. It's TV. just a weird. It's a it's a different. It's basically if the Russians landed first on the moon before us, and it's a whole what if wow situation. Wow. Spoiler alert. Thanks, Cal. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I would have had no <laughs> idea. What I had no idea. No, that's no, that's good. To, that's good to know. Thank you. Um, Nick, last actor, which uh, was surprising to me. Uh, Norman Reedus appearance. Yeah. Our guy Norman from uh, f- most famous from the podcast for Boondock Saints. Yeah, it was. This was the movie he did right before Boondock Saints. Wow. Wow. Good for him. Yeah, good for him to actually working with a with a functioning director. <laughs> uh, yeah, that we talked about the almost made it. Uh, uh, the only ones I want to talk about are the people who turned down the uh, cage role. Oh, who didn't want to get so cagey. the people who, who people who turned it down were Kilmer, Charlie Sheen, John Travolta, Mel Gibson, Nick Nolte. Choose one guy out of those five. Which one do you want to see in at this? that time? At that time. Oh man, um, Sheen or Kilmer. Yeah, I think Nick Nolte at that time, it's too close to his real life, and I don't yeah. think he's allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah, it would have pushed him over the edge. <laughs> Zach, Zach, which Same with Charlie five? Sheen. Let's put, let's yeah. put I'm going Nick Nolte. I think Nick Nolte makes this a much more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you think? Kill this girl. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
I would fully like expect. Nolte, like Nick Nolte comes to them and he's like, cigarettes aren't going to cut it for this guy. <laughs> we need some fucking harder shit here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know where Pennsylvania, but uh, I need a blunt. Michael Wahlberg, Marco Wahlberg also turned it down. Uh, but the guy who said yes. He's that, too young. Yeah. Too young. And uh, in the words of uh, Van Lathan, who I just listened to the 8mm oh. that they did, oh, wow. uh, he said too ripped. Too ripped. Too that which is true. He's too he's too strong. Yeah. Too strong for this role. You need somebody that can really fall into this. Character. You wouldn't have had Catherine Keener as the wife, that's no. for sure. <laughs> yeah. That would have been really weird. Yeah. Just him getting out acted at every turn. Maybe not in this movie, Maybe but not in uh, this movie. Russell yeah. Crowe, uh, Russell Crowe was the one who agreed to do this movie and was going to until Cage changed his mind and wanted to do it. Wow, I wonder what made him change his mind. The paycheck? Uh, he had to buy that T-Rex skull and this was, this was his yeah. out, ways to do it. He's like, you know, you're two million short for the T-Rex skull. He's like, I got an idea. Yeah, I need those points. <laughs> but doing it as a dirty, handheld, uh, gritty thriller. So basically shot on like eight millimeter. I so guess. like Blair Witch, but, yeah. but for snuff film. Yeah, which is what they eventually made. Like they eventually obviously made a found footage snuff film. Um, this wasn't it. Thanks, they to did? Joel, thanks to Joel Schuchmarker. Yeah, it's called. It's I think it's called Snuff. It's like a. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I would have seen that movie. That would have been a good movie. I don't know. I don't know about that, Nick. Um, you want to? You want to give us a little? Uh... The Rotten Tomatoes plot is private detective Tom Wells with a an extra e at the end, not just Wells. I just think that's important. It really feels like it hashes out the character a little bit more. That's what Kevin Walker uh, is so mad about. He didn't have the in the ad of the. Yeah, he was like, this isn't the character I created. And they're like, we just added an E. He's not Scotch. He's obviously fucking Welsh. (laughs) Lives a normal life with his wife, Catherine Keener, and their young daughter until he receives a startling new case. A widow, Mrs. Christian, Myra Carter, has found what appears to be a snuff film among her late husband's belongings. And she wants Wells to determine if the movie is real or fake. Wells heads to California where a video store employee, Joaquin Phoenix, helps him infiltrate the dangerous and depraved world of illegal porn movies. Okay, sure. I yeah. mean, he he does, but he doesn't because he only dabbles in the uh, the actual pornography. He's just looking for the murders. He's just looking for the things that's not actual pornography. That's actual like snuffy films. Yeah, yeah. The when they're on the hunt for snuff films is some of the best best moments of the movie. It's it's the Joaquins leading him in all these different warehouses and stuff. Speaking of Big Lebowski, Peter Stormare's in this film, and uh, the other guy who's the nihilist is in the film. Who oh, gives yeah. him the who gives oh, him the stuff? Oh yeah. yeah! Wow, two of the nihilists of yeah. Big Lebowski. Two out of the three. Where's wow, Flea? Where's Flea? Where's Flea? Where's hashtag Where's Flea? <laughs> we want resolution. Fine, Flea. Nick. <laughs> wow. If the, if the sequel ever comes out, that he's he's got Flea's got to be the first guy they call. He's first billing. Yeah. Where are you, Noodles? Uh. Now it's time a, for uh, there actually is a sequel. I think there's actually an eight millimeter. We're not two. bringing that up. That doesn't exist in our, in our extended Kyle. universe. But Kyle, okay, Kyle, Kyle that you, got snapped. Kyle, can you look up the synopsis of that, and we'll ask you it at a random point in this podcast. So always be ready. ABR. I'll think about it. ABR. <laughs> um, are you for real? There's a few. Uh, Zach, did you want to go first with your most for real moment? For real moment. Uh, for me, the most for real moment. It's. The entire scene where he's torturing James Gandolfini. At the end, but yeah. But specifically when James Gandolfini starts licking 
the barrel of the gun that like, Nicolas Cage is holding. <laughs> that single moment in this movie belongs in like any other movie. Uh, if I'm James Gandolfini, as soon as I get that Sopranos money, I'm buying every print of this movie and burning it to the ground like Peter <laughs> Stormare does. Because it, like that, I can't have that footage of me out there. It's absurd. It's one of the most preposterous things I've ever seen. Was it in a to signify movie. like how sleazy he was and how like how like fearless he was of death, but at the same time like mixing death and sex? I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know. They were like, "Be tortured, but sexier." Is what I imagine like <laughs> Joel Schumacher is yelling off screen, and he's, he's like, get... "Oh, I'm out of ideas. Maybe I'll just improv and lick the gun." He's that definitely giving him this... pointers on how to lick that lick the <laughs> cylinder uh, yeah. portion of that weapon. I I 100 agree um, with you. Yeah. The, everything from from that to then him going after the car and like calling the mom and crying and saying like give me permission to do what has to be done or whatever he says <laughs> yeah. to like, make himself like every, that, that was unbelievable scene was unbelievable it was it was ridiculous <laughs> i don't understand the mother story like sure i guess to establish that she was a person like she's not just a missing body like she was a person but you could have done that in two minutes you didn't have to do that in 20 minutes yeah. where like i'm hanging out at this lady's house for 20 <laughs> minutes i'm putting my hand on her shoulder it's constantly like are they gonna do it maybe yeah. they're gonna do it yeah he's gonna have yeah. pity sex with her <laughs> and then just not and just be more corrupt at the end but no he's just like hey i'm just uh, yeah, like you said, I need to do this. Just tell me that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gandolfini at that last part was like, nobody else is going to beat me in this. Over, like he saw Peter Stormare <laughs> act the whole beginning of this movie. Like Peter Stormare's entire uh, arc in this movie is just insane. It's just snorting heroin. Just the way he walks. Yeah, the way he goes yeah. about every scene. James Gandolfini was like, "Fuck! Like I really missed my chance. I he, need, I need to finish this off strong." He walked and looked exactly like Alfred Molina in Boogie Nights. That's who he looked like. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> yeah. just ready to just fucking go insane and and shoot people, which is what he did. Yeah, Gandolfini at the end when he was licking the gun and telling him to kill him was. Uh, I a lot thought, of F-bombs. Yeah, I thought he got, uh, it was really yeah. like he hated himself and wanted to die. But mm. then he didn't want to die, right? When Cage came back in was like, I'm going to pistol whip you to death. Which, of it's a brutal death. Also wild is that he was just like. However realistic, because, you know, in most movies, you see somebody get pistol whipped and they just get knocked out. No, they're going to the hospital because <laughs> they have a giant wound and they're probably half brain dead. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, not a good death. Well, I'll take us back to the beginning. There's for, no world where Nicolas Cage doesn't end up in prison after the result of this movie. All these murders! Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, his, he stabs, like, Chris Bauer with, like, his own knife that he's already been stabbed with. Yep. Uh, there's, like, photos of his kids that he leaves at the crime scene. Yeah, and Peter Stormare coughed back up, mind. yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, that Peter Stormare puts in his mouth. <laughs> so much DNA. Saliva on the, like, support beam. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, there, there's evidence everywhere. That's like a triple homicide, and there, and he just leaves, and then is like, "Well, I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me." I just don't. There's I'm just gonna no live past it while I rake these leaves. Like, just insanity. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, you wanted to bring up there was one other thing you want to bring. It was it Keener. I want to take yeah. I want to take us back to the beginning to to really set the tone for the whole movie. So he goes to Miami. Yeah. He's doing whatever the fuck he's doing in Miami. Smoking a lot of cigarettes. Smoking a lot of cigarettes. There's a whole uh, smoking plot point in this movie that just disappears eventually. But before, everybody's like, they either explicitly tell you you can smoke a cigarette, or they say no smoking allowed, and Nick Cage is pissed. Yeah. But he gets he gets home and sees Catherine Keener, walks back into his house with his newborn child, and is just like, 
hey, how's the textbook business, babe? And then she's like, oh, yeah, here's, uh, let me explain why I, that I sell textbooks to people. (laughs) Sure. Like, we want to know about your business. (laughs) This this ain't the Catherine Keener show. I'm sorry. This is a millimeter. (laughs) And she's like, have you been smoking? And he, and he just denies it profusely. What are you talking about? Yeah. I was in a lot of bars. Just making really... Never mind that I just got on an airplane and came back here, and that's how I got home. Like or... addict excuses. Yeah. It's really bad. And then he immediately goes downstairs and smokes another cigarette. Smokes, like... yeah, one. <laughs> and then and then opens the opens the door, closes the door, and then use, shoots air freshener. The <laughs> ultimate no-no when you're smoking a cigarette. It's like, yeah, it smells like, it smells like grandma and cigarettes in here now. Thank right, you. Right after that scene is when I knew that I thought that this movie was actually going to be way worse than it ended up being. Right. Because I thought that was what was going to happen the whole time. It was, and every conversation that they had was so ham-fisted with each other. Like Catherine, Catherine Keener was easily the the most are you for real moment of the movie. You said why why does the mom exist? Like why does his whole relationship exist? Yeah. It, it wasn't needed at all. No, it was. It, it really wasn't. Like if the if the attitude and tone of the movie was to establish that he's a family man, but he's doing like these these not so family things, but he still comes back and be and still is a normal man. Totally missed that point. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get that. The uh, when when he would he would just call and they would sit on the phone and there would be like moments of dead silence and then we, I would be like, why is this in the movie? <laughs> like you can cut this part, please, God, cut this part. Or when she uh, she did that normal that thing that people like to do though is where she hears your voice. It's like when you call your significant other and your dog is around and then they're like, here, hold the phone up for my dog. To the baby, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the baby totally gets it. Loved that. But uh, the only other scene I want to talk about was the warehouse scene, but we can wait to... to oh, really... let's bring it up, because it falls right into the to the good parts. Um, or, or, wait. Yeah, I just wanted to break down how good of a scene that was. It was very interesting. I thought it was going to end in a lot lot different uh, ways. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think that was the best scene of the movie. Um, everything up from when he comes back uh, to the warehouse after... Uh, getting the tape until he runs away was solid gold. Uh, Peter Stormare has the best death scene in the movie. It's excellent. Just gets shot in the neck and is so shocked about it. And there's like a real acting scene where you can see the moment where James Gandolfini realizes he has to step his game up (laughs) as Peter Stormare is dying. Like he's not acting. He's looking at him and going, Oh fuck! I gotta step my game up here. This guy's <laughs> selling it, and I am not. And like, I, that's the moment you can see it in his eyes. Yeah, you saw uh, like excellent. the weakest parts of of James Gandolfini's uh, acting in the movie overall in this scene because it, it was he was really fumbling, and I don't know if that was intentional, but it, I don't. The way think he it was, was running around was funny. It was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, we didn't mention the lawyer, uh, lawyer Long Longshanks or whatever his name was, and the the guy from uh, the guy was, from Silence of the Lambs. The, yeah, uh, the the only doctor that would walk into the ring with Hannah and with Peter Stormare and and hold his own. <laughs> he was good. I only remember him from that uh, Boston Public TV show where he was the vice principal. But my favorite part of that scene was right when they when they do go to the car to get the to get the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Cage reaches in, he grabs it out of his little tiny safe, hides the hides the stabber up his up his uh, sleeve. Oh, yep. And then is about to hand it to the guy, and then he's like, "Here, take it." And then he's like, "No!" He pulls away. <laughs> he pulls it away. Yeah, and I was, was like, "Oh, good. fucking got him! Yeah. What a loser!" Yeah, that was a very cage move. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate. I was that. like, I have no idea if this was supposed to be in the movie. Really hope that was improvised. I though. fucking love it. It yeah. was very funny. Yeah. And then everything else in that scene: Peter Stormare eating the pictures of the children, yep. and spitting back out. 
uh, carrying the, the crossbow around. Just the crossbow in general. I was glad that there wasn't all. It wasn't all just knife play the whole time. Yeah. A lot of knives in this movie. How he totally he totally duped Nick Cage with the whole. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. My girls are always late, and yeah. then the car pulls up, and then he, and then James Gandolfini just runs up to him, punches him right in the face. <laughs> yeah. He got me. He got me. I thought uh, I I I bit every single plot point of. From their meeting when they talked about shooting the movie up yeah. and up through that part. I'm just mad that they had to kill Joaquin. Uh, Max California didn't have to die. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I thought he was going to be on that plane. Yeah. Uh, all Every part of that scene was good. Uh, what what else was either bad or good for you, Stephen? Um, you know, I, 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 it was a good, tw- it was a good twist. It wasn't the best twist, but the fact that, uh, Nicholas Cage just goes full revenge mode at the end and just was like, okay, this girl doesn't exist to the world anymore, so these guys aren't going to exist to the world anymore. So he kills off by killing off Gandolfini, eventually finding the machine, uh, using some crafty detective work. <laughs> um, that that was pretty crafty. So I think he's me. he's a good detective, but he's also a very bad detective at yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah. That didn't make a lot of sense because, like, the old widow's like, you come highly recommended. You see him, like, the first case we see him, he's like working for a senator. And then the lawyer's like, we hired you because you're young and dumb. We didn't think you'd, I didn't think you'd solve it. And it's like, make up your mind movie. Is he a good detective or is he not? Because <laughs> uh, like, tell me, I don't know. I you think, can't tell. I think the lawyer just duped the old you know, lady. You know who was the dumbest one is the lawyer. Yeah. He could have just hired nobody or he, he could have paid one of his yeah. friends to come in and to be pose like, as a PI. to pose as a PI. Yeah. It would have been the easiest money. And then he could have kept that money even. Because the lady wasn't even part of it. Like the old, even, the she, old lady was a not, was a red herring. The, the old lady was like, I'm here to kill. And then right when he's like, oh, she ki- she took her own life. We were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I saw that coming a mile away when, when he called her. He's like calling her and revealing to all this. And she's like, oh, yes, let's just meet later. No, that bitch is going to die. And she couldn't just, she just couldn't live with herself, I guess. Yeah. She's like, this secret died. <laughs> with me so weird so wow. dumb yeah. so dumb <laughs> and, uh, and nicholas cage never me, i wrote down uh an hour and 21 minutes into this movie before nick cage raises his voice uh, oh, like, yeah. he, like that is the first time in this movie where he expresses any like nicholas cage emotion I too mean, subtle he's, like, you know distraught when he's watching the like snuff film but that's the first time he's like loud in classic Nick Cage form, and it's an hour and twenty-one minutes into this movie. Yeah, it's too much. It's it. He it's, needs to. He needs to go crazy long. sooner. Yeah, that's a good point. He does. It was a huge miscalculation on his part. He's playing. He's trying to play it cool. He's trying to play it straight. But he should have gone just straight from Snake Eyes right into this and just gone crazy from the jump. I... And it would have been a much better movie. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what I wrote in uh, How to Make This Movie Fresh. You cut Keener and you make Cage crazy earlier. That's it. That's really all you need. And this movie could easily break that 25% threshold. Hell, it could even break the 35% threshold. He was on his way. uh, You you just mentioned it. When he watches the snuff film for the first time, all-time great scene. In that he just... Yeah. That's ultimate case. So, so much acting in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's perfect meme material. Like, you could Photoshop anything on the snuff film with his like cutting back to his reaction the and two, it would be amazing it's the perfect. two best reaction gifts would be would be that and then the antonio banderas looking at the computer and then kicking back and uh kicking back and laughing uh that gif that gif is an is an excellent reaction gift as well so yeah those are my two those are my top out two. of nowhere yeah you just thought of that one yeah that's the one because <laughs> every time i think of like him looking at it and it cuts back to just like that it's great or like the mcconaughey watching his interstellar stuff that too that's always a good one that's always a good one that one's more depressing though yeah uh another good thing the 
machine reveal. That whole hit the the final fight with him and machine was good. It was good, it but al- it almost made up for how ridiculous uh, the Gandolfini <laughs> whole right. bi- whole bit was. <laughs> I, it's it, but it got stymied by the dialogue, like the whole fact of him like taking off his mask. He was like, <laughs> "What are you expecting, a monster?" <laughs> and he puts on the glasses. And he puts on the glasses. You go, "I just like to do what I do. It's just what yeah, I he do." Does, he does a total like Batman voice, yeah, with the mask on, and then he takes it off. And he's like, "I'm just a normal guy." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I loved that. Just and, a normal guy looking for some gabagool. Yeah, that he also said one of my uh, one of my quotes of the movie is that he's like when he talks about like the best part about killing somebody, and then right before Cage like flips on him, he's he says, "You feel how hard I am," <laughs> and I was like, I, I when I heard it, I was like, "Wait, what?" Hell yeah! <laughs> and then Cage stabs him, and I was like, "Yeah, you get him, stab mm-hmm. that boner." Hell yeah. Loves that. He hit Loves. him with that surprise knife throw, and I love that. <laughs> oh man, that throwing knife, man! He trained all his yeah. life for that moment. I know. I had to replay it because I was like, "Did he just throw the knife at him?" And I was I like, know. "He did." Yeah. <laughs> he like the knife right at him. Very improbable, <laughs> but effective. Right in his gut too. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's perfect. Everything after that scene is so ridiculous, though. In that cage, cage goes to the hospital, gets sewn up or whatever, and then walks. He comes back to his house and just starts, just cries the whole rest of the movie, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the 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 last the last two words uttered in this film is "Save me," and it's him in, yeah. in front of Catherine too. Keener's like, arms. All of us. Yeah. He, he is every single person having to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Save me two hours back. Um. Uh, there's only one one last uh, are you for real and uh, it's something that you mentioned in text to me Stephen. Uh the score of this movie What's going on with the score? It was like Born Identity uh when he's in like the Moroccan market. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> just Moroccan market but instead of a Moroccan market it's a basement where they sell torture porn. <laughs> yeah. It's like there was Middle Eastern vibes to a lot of the music that just Made no sense. And it takes place in Philadelphia, New York, and, and Los Angeles. Yeah, the most Middle Eastern uh, cities in our country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Uh, who worked and who did not work for you? Who worked for you, uh, Zach? Uh, James Gandolfini worked for me. Okay. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix worked for me. Uh, those two. They're everything. Everything they're doing, I love. I'm okay. Good. I agree. I agree, uh, Joaquin, for sure. And then uh, it's a close second with Peter Stormare. Yeah. I. Uh, we didn't talk about it, Joaquin enough. This movie becomes good the second you see him. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when the, he asked Nicholas Cage if he wants to buy a, a, a battery operated vagina. Thirty six minutes into this movie is when you see Joaquin Phoenix, and that's when this movie actually becomes something. So you just have to just the beginning could have been so short. Like they have the the eight millimeters rolling in the very beginning. Yep. You know that's good. Cool. Have Set the old lady watching it. Have him get called immediately talk about his backstory and just be like oh yeah you're uh you're a great private eye like always buy the books guy like really nice guy there you go we know he's a nice guy we know he's a good detective yep now send him on this crazy journey and then you can get to la like 15 minutes into it yeah even though they had this weird red light district la like the skid row la that mm-hmm. they showed <laughs> uh, it's like yeah it's very downtown los angeles yeah they were like uh we're gonna make this slightly more or the porn the porn stuff where they're just like this is the city of smut it's what they needed to do though like yeah. you need those cd cd business offices because those those for sure exist in la the, the 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 downtown scene in la is not what anybody thinks of when they think of los angeles they think of sunset boulevard but sunset boulevard is not downtown la like L.A. downtown is, like you said, half of it's Skid Row and half of it's abandoned warehouses and buildings. Yeah. It's crazy shit. Um, Who did not work for you? 
who for sure did not work for me is Catherine Keener. Like she was, her character was unnecessary. The way she spoke her dialogue, albeit was shoddy script at best, but the way that she conveyed herself in any conversation with Nicolas Cage, because that's the only person she could converse with. Apparently (laughs) she couldn't talk with anybody else or develop any sort of side, side character like that. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was just bad. Any phone conversation they had in this movie was terrible. No, they, they look like they were reading off cue cards when yeah, they were talking. Everybody's phone conversations were so bad. And Nicholas, the only realistic part of it was how awkward phone conversations really are in real life, where you don't know what what you're going to talk about. That's yeah. what it felt like the whole movie. Yeah, that's true. That's who true. Di- who did not work for you, Zach? Uh, first half Nicholas Cage didn't work for me. That's a fair uh, observation. Up until an hour and 20 minutes when he starts acting uh, like <laughs> Nicolas Cage. After that, I'm like, okay, I'm into it now. But up into that, I'm like, this didn't need to be Nicolas Cage. This could have been anybody. And it does not change the movie. There's nothing about the first half where he's doing anything special at all. It's funny that in the year two, in the year 1999 when this came out, everybody was like, that last hour, right at hour 20, it's like, Nicolas Cage just goes off the rails. What is that? That's not acting. <laughs> and now we're like... Give us Nicolas Cage, please. Please. <laughs> this is him. For the love of God. <laughs> well, that's that's real rotten. We are a Nicolas Cage podcast, but specifically that Nicolas Cage that you're talking yes. about. Yeah. Redlined uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. Never never low RPM Nicolas Cage. Um, Nick, let's just do our favorite segment and then get, get right into it because I think we talked about everything else. Yep. Uh, I think we can agree on this. Replace a character with a Muppet. It obviously has to be Catherine Keener. I say Jan from Electric May- Mayhem. The the blonde haired that's Jan, right? Yeah, Janice. Janice, yeah. Uh I think replace the character with the Muppet, I think that's good. I think you just cut that character in general though, and you you replace I hate to do it, but replace Joaquin with Rizzo the Rat. Wow, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I didn't even think and about Rizzo, that. And Rizzo Rizzo just leads you around this whole underground. It's like urban cowboy, it's, but yeah. He just sits on uh, Cage's shoulder. They walk around everywhere. Urban cowboy rated X film. Could uh, be could be good. That's pretty good. Zach, what's your what's your Muppet? Uh it's it's the machine. Yeah. It's Chris Bauer. And it's the reveal when he takes the mask off and it's a Muppet. Like it's, it's like, a human no, in the no, machine. No. It's like a human <laughs> as the machine, and then he takes yeah. off his mask and he turns into a Muppet. And it's just a Muppet, yeah. Which one though? <laughs> It's probably Fozzie Bear. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Fozzie or, or Rolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking of that big, who's the big monster one that's on oh, the Oh, uh, Sweetums. The sh- Sweetums, yeah. yeah. He was the other one I was thinking of. That's pretty good. Uh, real cl- real quick trivia for this. Uh, Don Creech, Mr. Anderson in the movie, is the keeper of the Muppets for the Jim Henson Company. Uh, he takes care of and repairs the thousands of Muppets created over the years. That's insanity. So the, the person that uh, mended... Muppets was in this movie. He played Norman Reedus's dad. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Mr. Anderson. Oh, <laughs> wow! I love that. There you love go. that. Uh, yeah. Now it's time for the top five. Top five. Uh, we're going to do our top five movies with the number eight in them. There's a lot. There's more than eight, which is surprising me. Yeah, I I didn't expect it. Um, we have to rank them in order: least favorite. Fifth favorite to uh, most favorite. Yep. Um, Zach, do you want to just start us off with your uh, with your top five? You can start from start from your uh, one and go to five. We'll start from the top. You want your to start favorite. with number one? Yeah, number yeah one we'll start with your favorite, favorite okay. and then you go down. Fair. Favorite? Uh, okay. We're going to go favorite. We're going to go Hateful Eight. 
Okay. Okay. The yeah. Tarantino uh, Western. And then we're going to follow that up with Eight Mile. Yep. Super Eight. Really? You like Super Eight? What do you like about I, Super Eight? You know, I liked it when I saw it and I haven't seen it since. And I refuse to because I don't want to ruin what we had. You right. Know? <laughs> right. I feel like this that would have been a good movie to watch in theaters and only in theaters. Like if you watch it at home, you're yeah, going to be like disappointed. I saw it when I was like 15 and it's great or 16 and it's great. No, okay. it I got your back on that one, Zach. I, I still watch the the train station scene of Super 8 is one of my all time favorite scenes. Probably in that my, was an excellent trailer. Yeah, yeah, probably in my top like hundred scenes I've ever seen. I think I'm just makes crit- me feel every time. I'm critical of J.J. Abrams, so and I love El Fanning's in it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just critical of J.J. Abrams. The 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 third act of that movie is not good. It's yeah, that's that's what but turned the, me off. But the first two acts are legitimately good. The setup is great. The yeah. setup is great. The 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 ending is just the finish the worst. isn't isn't fantastic. Yeah, I really don't like. It. Sorry, sorry, Zach, I interrupted you. Uh, let's see what. Okay, where am I? I've You're got four. two more. I've got oh, okay, oh. eight and a half. Federico Fellini. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll count it. A little, little Fellini and then, action. Uh, we're and we're rounding it out with eight heads in a duffel bag. Joe Pesci. Eight heads in a duffel bag. Future I, uh, contender. I, yes, it is a future contender. Uh, you'll be you'll be the guest for that podcast, uh, Zach. In three years, when we get around to that random Joe Pesci movie, but <laughs> when it reaches its twenty year anniversary, I think, I think I'm going to watch it. I have <laughs> never seen that movie, and uh, do do you recommend it? Uh, I can't recommend it enough. You know, just give me Joe Pesci in any role. Interesting. Uh, it's it's definitely a movie where he was like, I'm going to be a star. This is, I'm going to carry this movie. And then it's a disaster, but it's one I can't look away it's from. It's like him in the super. <laughs> like you think he totally is going to work in this movie where he plays a, a super of a apartment building and it just does not, does not work at all. He can't carry a movie. I, I don't get it. I don't get why Joe Pesci can't carry a movie. He always has to be a supporting role. It's interesting. Uh, maybe he just doesn't get the Nicolas Cage bump. Mm, could be it. All right, Nick. Give me your five. Um, Number one, Hard Eight. Yeah, of course you would, PTA. Oh. PTA boy. Yeah. yeah, I I it was the last PTA movie that I've seen. Uh maybe one of the one first of, I've seen. Maybe one of his well, I just never got around to it. I didn't yeah. even know that it exists. It was on Netflix Instant Q, like right when Netflix Instant Q started. Yeah. So that's how I watched it. Uh Hard Eight, Hateful Eight, Eighth Grade, Eight Mile, Eight Crazy Nights. That's a technical foul. <laughs> how, can you hate, how can you hate Eight Crazy Nights? You it's it's got everything you need. It's got uh, cartoons. It's got Hanukkah. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. He's the worst. Uh, I really want wanted Ocean's 8 to be great. Oh, it's not good. Yeah. It just is not good. It's, just not, it was it's, an it's, un- it's okay. Un- it's just okay. But the whole cast is great. It, they needed a different crime. The crime was wrong. Yeah, to steal a necklace. Yeah, steal a necklace. <laughs> Come on. Uh, eight Men Out, I've never seen. Otherwise, that might be on my list. Never seen it. Yeah, never saw that. Or or Eight Below. Or else uh, I've never seen Eight Below because I don't watch dog death movies. Or I try not to. I actively avoid them. I don't know if dogs die in that movie. What? I think they all survive. Oh. Well, yeah. Named after uh, Zach's future child, uh, Walker. Paul Walker's in that movie, right? Mm, or is that, the, is that the Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, that, no that's, it's Snow Dogs. Is Snow a, Dogs is the future <laughs> contender. <laughs> Uh, uh, what are yours? My top five. It's it's pretty similar. Uh, you're gonna. I'm I'm gonna do eighth grade as my number one. Uh, number two gonna be eight mile. Number three, 
We'll do Hateful Eight. Number four. I haven't seen any other of these movies, so I'll say. Well, you've seen Ocean's Eight. You can say that. No, no, because I don't like it. <laughs> um, I'd rather say. You'd rather say a movie you haven't seen? I'd eight, rather say Eight Legged Freaks. You've definitely seen Eight Legged Freaks. That's what I was going to say. My number four will be uh, Eight Legged Freaks. My number five will be Eight Millimeter. Just because. Just because it's Cage. Yeah. Yeah. I have to give it to him. Makes a lot of sense. I just watched Arachnophobia for the first time. Did you? Uh, were Jeff, were Jeff, you scared of the Jeff beginning? Dan- Jeff Daniels. The beginning is the most terrifying part to me. Yeah, that movie's. <laughs> when the spider goes in the sleeping bag. <laughs> it's real freaky. That's scary part. Real freaky movie. I watched that when I was like five years old. Not not recommended. I could see why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, super, yeah. Same boat. Yeah. Super oh, Eight is Zach. Super Eight is honorable mention. Sure, but it's on. It's only on Zach's list. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Now it's time to get more gamey. Same title, different movie. So you give us a different movie based on the title of Eight Millimeters, Zach. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want to wait? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'm ready. All right, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> I I twisted I twisted this one a little bit. Um, it is eight mm, but it's actually eight millimeter, and it's starring Millie Bobby Brown as a meteorolo- or a meteorologist. Ooh. And uh, she discovers a comet that crash lands and the aliens come out and there's uh, eight of them and they all are shapeshifters who take the form of Millie Bobby Brown and she's got to kill them all and stop them from taking over the planet. Is that the same movie with uh, Numi Rapis <laughs> where she's like uh, clones? What? Uh, it's, you know, uh, it's a, no, that's a different movie. <laughs> no, that's no, this Numi Rapis will the aliens, movie. <laughs> no, this is clones. what no, happened this- to Monday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is a Millie Bobby Brown vehicle, a space vehicle to yeah. the moon for her career. This As is a huge. meteorologist going to the moon? <laughs> this is huge. I love this idea. <laughs> she gets to show her range. Like, there's going to be some fucked up ones, yeah. you know? What's the movie where uh, they did, be- there were clones. I guess it's kind of like Invasion uh, of the Body Snatchers where they do some fucked up shit when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're clones. Cocoon? But there's another movie where... It's Cocoon, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cocoon, great movie, great movie. We just call it Cocoon. Yeah, we just call it Cocoon. Um, okay, I like. I mean, I like it. I don't know. I don't think Millie Bobby has sold me on anything besides Eleven. You know, she was. I just couldn't think of anything with eight millimeter that made any sort of sense. Yeah, it, it's hard and to. Well, hard to not go. It it's hard to not go film. Well, let me pitch you my idea. So here we go. You have a. Um, Special Forces soldier who uh, is in the field and gets uh, sniped, um, but he doesn't die. The 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 bullet is eight millimeters uh, f- from killing him, um, so they're they unfortunately cannot pull it from his head. Um, but because he can't, they can't pull it from his head. It's also an irradiated bullet, and it gives him superpowers. And besides the the ability to not feel pain, he gains super strength and super uh, super senses, and becomes a uh, becomes a s- stupid hero. It's called Eight Millimeter. <laughs> Tell uh, me you wouldn't see that movie. Yeah. And I base that character off the world is not enough bad guy who gets shot in the who gets shot and has the brain lodged in his brain in, in his head, but um, can't feel pain. Remember from World is Not Enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Based on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I had one, but I just I thought of a new one. So I'm going in that direction. I'm gonna t- go where my brain takes me. Uh the only man that can play this role is Ryan Gosling. So Ryan got Ryan Gosling wakes up, lives his normal life. Most charming man in the goddamn world. 
uh, goes around, winks at everybody. Is this everybody a documentary? Everybody loves him. Yep. It, so far, so far, documentary up until you find out he uh, he seduces a, a a lady friend, doesn't go to bed, doesn't go to bed again. Every woman he meets stops at the kiss, leaves. Until one day, when he finally gets seduced all the way. And it's about a man living with a micro penis. Damn it! I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> uh, Ryan Gosling plays a man with a micro penis, and it's it's more of like a, it's a comedy drama, and it's it's mostly just about you know accepting accepting another person's uh you know disadvantages, I guess. Uh, he could win an Oscar for this, if we're being honest. Could win an Oscar. Could. Who's directing him though? Now that Joel Schumacher is dead. Yes, that's a that's a good. Point. Joel Schumacher <laughs> would. Lars von Trier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be somebody with. I'm going to go Spike Jones. Spike mm. Jones would be able to do it in the right tone. He uh, it it would be uh, dramatic yet funny. And uh, I'd give you Werner Herzog. Okay, I'll take Werner Herzog. <laughs> now it's a documentary. <laughs> I don't know. He did Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. That was pretty uh, gritty. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, there you go. Oh my God! Kyle, which movie are you watching? I'm going to watch Zach's after <laughs> hearing all of them. What? A uh, man with a micro penis? Nah. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> it's on, art Kyle. house. It's art house, Kyle. Of hits, course you wouldn't pick hits that. Too, one. Hits too uh, close to home, Kyle. Hits too oh, close to home. That's not <laughs> nice. Steven Super Trooper. Nah. Sorry. But Millie Bobby Brown in space. And you, What's sir, that? are you waiting to receive my limp penis? That's the tagline for my movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some final thoughts. Uh, uh, I did want to mention uh, some prequel sequels ideas. Okay, there, there's right a in. lot of going around for eight millimeter that could have been good prequel ideas. Uh, Max California, what happened to him? How he got in this whole porn scene? And on the other end of that, uh, what was the name of Peter Stormare's character? Uh, Dino Velvet. Dino Velvet. Mm -hmm. The how Dino Velvet came to be, I'm very interested in. The beginning of the film starts with him watching the Flintstones. And getting turned on watching Dino. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I like that so far. I think Peter Stormare, if you gave him just like room to run, that could be one of the best movies of all time. Maybe. I don't know. Do you guys have any sequel ideas? I couldn't really think of any. If uh... I didn't think the Peter Stormare neck shot was fatal at first. Like when he first got right. shot, I was like, oh, he like he, he just glimpsed his neck. You know, like I was like, he's going to be fine. So, you know, I'm guessing Peter Stormare wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm not dead. I didn't lose that much blood. Did or you? Or as soon as, you know. <laughs> Technically, they, all of them could have survived. Yeah. All of them. carries him out of there. Yeah. You know, I can yeah, see him shot, still being survived. alive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's my sequel. Did yeah, anyone else notice uh, yeah. the, 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 uh, the egregious Coke nails that Peter Stormare's character had? Because <laughs> I did. He looked like Dracula it's with his choice. fingernails. It's a choice. Mm. Yeah. His, all of his nails were white and edged. Is this movie better than The Big Green? No. No. It's not. I'm sorry, it's not. It's just, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. I didn't even see it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, there, there you go. That's that's all the proof Kyle needs to know. It's not better than The Big Green. Uh, Zach, if you could re-rate this film, what would you re-rate re it? <sighs> I'm trying to remember what I would have thought of it the first time I see it. Uh, it it's a three out of ten. 30%. 30%. So better than the Rotten Tomatoes rating, but okay. not... 
much. Okay. I say, and I that's say... all from the supporting characters. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna give it a solid uh, twenty. Uh, it's a little bit lower than twenty-two, just based off the dialogue. To me, the di- I, that just sticks out to me, like like a sore thumb is the way they talk to each other in this film, specifically Catherine Keener, Nicholas Cage. Other than that, it was okay. Walking uh, Phoenix at one point refers to Dino Velvet as the Jim Jarmusch of S and M. One of my favorite quotes of the and film, and that's a real line that made it into this movie. Yeah, the quote <laughs> says uh, he's a producer slash director slash weirdo. He's like the Jim Jarmusch of S and M. Love it. Love Jim Jarmusch. That's yeah. That Jim Jarmusch did not deserve a shout out in this movie. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a weirdo, <laughs> but he ain't a creep. Yeah, if I'm him, I'm like, oh come on, don't associate me with this movie. Jim, yeah, where's Jim Jarmusch's <laughs> press release? I do not associate with the slander. Jim Jarmusch statement. is like, I'm the Jim Jarmusch of S and M. Yeah, yeah. If anybody, it's me. Watch this S and M film. Uh, I'll give it right in between you guys. I'll give it a twenty-five, right on the border. I think that the uh, the supporting cast is like Zach says, fun enough to make it watchable and. Uh, it's a little too. It's just too long. Other than that, it's good. It's way too long. It's the two. It's a kind of a slog for two hours. If this movie was yeah. ninety five, I might even rewatch it a couple more times. When there was like thirty five minutes left in the film, I was just thinking to myself the entire time, "How are they going to end this movie? You know, how is this movie ending? I would if I was going to rewatch it, I would just start with right when he goes to California. Thirty five minutes in. Yeah, it's like tw- yeah, twenty twenty five minutes in the film. Yeah, it's and insane. then and then you only have to do then it's an hour and a half and it's almost perfect. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, you don't really need the Catherine Keener uh, buffer. God damn. Unfortunately. What's your blurb, Steven? Snuff this film from your recollection. Zach. Nice. Zach, what do you got? Me? Oh, me. Uh, my my new blurb is uh, they should have yelled cut sooner. Wow. Double cut. You did, the, you did the cut tagline and the cut blurb. I love it. They're the same face! Nick, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'd rather watch a Dino Velvet film again. Again? A what? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Gay! I'm oh, sorry. I'll cut that out, Kyle. Uh, real recommendations. I recommend uh, a movie that uh, you know never seen before and uh, feel bad for not seeing it before. It's uh, Roberto Rossellini's finest film, Rome Open City. I don't know if it's finest, but that's I guess that's not an objective opinion. But I've never seen it, and uh, I maybe one day birthed neorealism, neo Italian neorealism. So there you go. Using not not actual actors for some of the extra roles, uh, shooting like uh, shooting handheld through through war torn city, all that stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, going back to uh, Zach's eight and a half reference, a good good film knowledge there, Zach. But Kyle wrote in the doc as eight point five, yep. which uh, I just think wouldn't sell as well as eight and a half does. No, no, uh, no, eight no. and a half. But. That sounds like a bad uh, <laughs> uh, Roland Emmerich earthquake Sorry, I movie. Was ta- I was typing quick and no, I, I didn't go back. No, I Thank, think it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is very Italian because they don't do fractions in in Europe; they do decimals. Zach, what do you have to recommend? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, assume that when this is edited and up and live, it'll be the perfect timing for everyone to tune in to ja- Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I'm going to plug a fellow Zach and say, uh, watch Justice League, guys. Come on, let's make it. Let's make it. Let's make Justice League great again. Is it going to be better or worse? Four hours. Four hours. But that's not the answer to my question. Is it going to be better or is it going to be worse? It'll be, it'll be better. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just really waiting for Mortal Kombat. Are you guys a Mortal Kombat podcast? 
We're getting there. We're a Mortal Kombat podcast. We might do we Mortal Kombat be, yes. Annihilation for the Mortal Kombat film Ooh. if it's bad enough. Yeah. Are you we a big? Should. Are you a Mortal Kombat head? I'm a, I'm a Mortal Kombat head. Yeah. What's right. happened to you, Regis? You're on the short list. Congratulations. You're on a short list for a lot of <laughs> shitty movies, Zach. Unless we're doing Street Fighter, in which case you're not on the short mm-hmm. list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mortal Kombat, the. Tagline for this movie should have been finish him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. in more ways than one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll recommend I uh, the last what I'm reading. Uh, Eric Larson, Garden of. Oh, the new one. No, no. One of his older ones. Oh, OK. No, I'll, fin- I'll recommend the one I just finished. I just finished a song of Achilles by uh, Madeline Miller. Right. I like Greek mythology. I've come around. I'm into Greek mythology now. Hmm. So. Thank God Alex is not here. You finally crawled out of your cave. Yep. Uh, but I have wow. to say that it was good. That's fair. That's there fair. You go. I need to get back to, to them book readings. That's what I for got. Sure. Um, well, it's been a great pleasure. Uh, Kyle, real quick, anything you wanted to recommend? Sure. Uh, I guess the only thing I can think of is WandaVision. What's I that? watched that recently. What's that? Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start it uh, maybe tonight. Good. You'll probably get done. Zach, uh, did you do Wandavision? It's actually, it's actually pretty good. Oh, I thought it was pretty good. I, they had me. Uh, I think it worked really well week to week. Yeah. I don't know that I would have liked it as much if I, I waited. The whole thing because yeah. I think uh, part of the fun was all the theorizing and then yeah. going from week to week trying to see where it was going. Internet loves doing but that. That's true. That's true. I waited. I watched it all at once, and I still think it's still pretty good. Just going through all the stylistic components. Yeah, going going off of what yeah, Zach was super saying. Super original. Yeah, Zach. Uh, yeah. Zach, you're right. I think because I I've chronicled like the internet's reaction to it as it's gone yeah. from week to week, and people were like really lukewarm on it in the first three weeks, and then mm-hmm. it was like four through eight. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is like the greatest thing!" And then the finale happened, and everybody's like, "Oh, okay." I'm crying now. Yeah, yeah. that's everybody. So at the end, shit. Maybe the next yep. one I'll do it. Uh, I don't really see the yep. uh, the uh, <laughs> the Captain Falcon and Soldier, Cap- the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know how good of a week to week they're going to be able to do that one, but yeah, we'll it's see. only six episodes too. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, it'll be probably a, a serious, more serialized than 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 what Wandavision. We'll was. see. Well, thanks for coming on, Yay! Zach. We appreciate it. Thank you, Zach. Always, always happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, 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 Kyle's lukewarm, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, this has been Real Rotten. That's been Nick. Uh, I've been Steven. Uh, please uh, join us next time when we go. Um, we get, we get, we try to get lucky. Yeah, I Oh, I get, I get to bring back my Irish accent. Oh, yeah. Everybody's looking forward to it, children, buckos. Childish old Gambinos. You better, you best start believing in leprechaun <laughs> stories start now. Believing in leprechaun stories. Because we're not doing a leprechaun movie, unfortunately. Oh we're yeah, doing, we're, uh, not. We're, we're not. Doing, we're not. We're doing just my. Life. We're gonna do Back in the Hood though soon. One of these years. Maybe for Spooktober. Who knows? Maybe we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for now, uh, please. Uh, As we always say, keep it real. Stay rotten. Keep do it whatever. Real. Stay. Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, we'll see you later. Some films are hype, some films are arts, and we like our potatoes are gratin. You are to film, but you can't even. But here comes Nick and Steve, and they break it down, they turn it out. And when it was over, you on the shot, I want my money back.
as that was real rotten Real fucking rotten